Hello, fellow rebel capitalists. Hope you're well. So I wanted to go over a Twitter thread I just put out this morning. And there's kind of this theme that's been going around uh, the crypto or the Bitcoin Twitter space is that, you know, George doesn't get it. George doesn't get it. George doesn't get it. I know there's a lot of you that watch this channel that are really into Bitcoin. So I think it would be valuable for all of us, really, whether we're Austrians, whether we associate with that school of thought, or maybe you consider yourself a gold bug, or you'd consider yourself a a Bitcoin maximalist or something like that. I think there's uh, something valuable we can all learn from this thread. So let me get into it, but just understand that uh, this is on the backdrop of the uh, Bitcoin community as a whole, obviously not all of them, but as a whole saying, well, George doesn't get it. And a lot of the um, kind of Bitcoin gurus, I think have said this as well. So let's see here. It starts off, and I'm going to read this to you because if you're not familiar with Bitcoin, or even if you are, or even if you're a gold bug, even even if you're an Austrian, I think this is kind of a, a way to maybe further your understanding as far as the principles of sound money. And uh, let me go ahead and read this to you. And then I'll give you some conclusions here at the end. So let me attempt to articulate the view of most Bitcoin maxis. Throughout time, something we have seen over and over is government king ruler debase money. And when they debase money, this usually leads to collapse in society. More recently, we've seen this play out in the United States, especially since the creation of the Federal Reserve. The government, with the help of the Fed, has printed money consistently because the supply of money increases this uh, because the supply of money increases, this creates inflation, prices, price increases. Constant inflation is a hidden tax because it steals purchasing power away from people who hold money. And worse, it steals the benefit or benefits of price deflation from society that would, would have been produced by the free market driving down prices via competition. This inflation also incentivizes speculation and asset bubbles because the value of the money savings decreases. It forces people to buy financial assets, which reduce the size of the real economy and increase the size of the financial economy, further adding to the problem. Inflation not only discourages savings, but it encourages debt because the debt can be paid back with cheaper money, less purchasing power in the future. But it gets worse because wages rarely keep up with the rate of inflation. The purchasing power or income, not just savings, goes down, crushing the standard of living for the poor and middle class. This toxic stew leads to inevitable social unrest and instability. We are currently seeing this play out in front of our own eyes. And with every additional dollar that is printed, we get closer and closer to collapse. Also, since this fiat system of inflation is built on debt, the only way to sustain it is if there is more and more money printed, inflation. In other words, more and more theft, bigger government, crony capitalism, and less freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. But Bitcoin fixes this. Or you can just go ahead and insert that with gold or sound money. Bitcoin provides base money that can't be manipulated by governments, meaning money can no longer be printed. There's a fixed amount of $21 million, which is impossible to increase. If this base money is impossible to increase, it will eradicate the root cause of all the problems mentioned above, and society will reap the benefits. 
These benefits include, but are not limited to, the following, which is basically the inverse of the issues created by money printing and inflation to begin with. Number one, 100% productivity gains enjoyed by society because the percentage lost by fiat system is eliminated. Money, savings, always increase in value. Little to no speculation because people's savings would appreciate at such rate, speculative risk reward wouldn't make sense. Little to no debt because aggregate increase in society's purchasing power, things people used to buy, uh, things people use debt to buy, such as houses, would dramatically come down in price because the lack of need to speculate and maybe more so because no one would want to take on debt, knowing they'll have to pay it back with appreciated money. Real incomes would increase. Financial economy would decrease to the level of due to, or excuse me, the financial economy would decrease to a level of insignificance because no one had an incentive to do anything other than save. Also, since you can self-custody Bitcoin, it would eliminate the need for banks altogether. Although investment pools may exist, global economy would also boom because frictionless peer-to-peer, oh, although investment pools would still exist, excuse me, next thought. Global economy would also boom because frictionless peer-to-peer transfer of money increases velocity, which decreases need to add base money with more units, similar to today's broad money metric, i.e. fractional reserve. Not to mention fact, Bitcoin is divisible. So the money consistently gained, so as the money consistently gained value, it could easily fill the credit needs of an expanding economy. The size of the government would dramatically shrink because there's no longer, they are no longer avail, uh, able to print money, which would not only reduce current spending, but future spending because they can't steal purchasing power via inflation anymore. This, of course, leads to more freedom, liberty, free markets. Will this transition occur? Yes, it's only a matter of time. It's not a matter of if, but a matter of when. Why? Because history shows us people always gravitate to the hardest form of money. See Gresham's Law. And there's no form of money as sound, hard as Bitcoin. This is undebatable if you understand Bitcoin. Or, again, you can just insert gold uh, for Bitcoin in that in that. Uh, phrase or in that uh, sentence. Additionally, we know all fiat currencies go to zero and we are moving in that direction quickly because of the fact the debt-based theft-based Ponzi scheme monetary system we have now requires more and more money printing, which makes it demise that much more certain. And I conclude by saying Bitcoiners, what don't I get? Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Ceresna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow Rebel Capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Why did I do this? I did this to, well, I guess there's two things here. Why did I do this 
as far as just this thread? And then why am I doing this in general? Because those are two separate things here. And uh, the main reason I did this thread is so most people understand that when I say something regarding Bitcoin, not that I'm any genius, not, not even close, but, um, and, and feel free to dismiss anything I say, but you shouldn't dismiss it on the grounds of, I don't get it. That is lazy, lazy, lazy thinking. And that will potentially prompt you to dismiss arguments that may add value to your assessment of the probabilities. Furthermore, uh, which is my main point, that we always, 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 always need to think in terms of probabilities and trade-offs. Never, ever, ever, ever solutions and certainties. And we always need to seek out and be able to debate the other side of the argument, I, I would say even better than we can debate our own side. Now, most of you that are listening here, when I read through that, this sounds like an ironclad argument. Ironclad. And, but it's not. I was going to look at a tweet that I uh, responded to from my, my buddy, Jeff Booth. But as I read through that, and as most of you are saying, yes, this makes sense, this makes sense, this makes sense, this is right on the money, this is right on the money. What you didn't understand is that the fundamental assumptions in this entire thread are wrong, are wrong. I could create another thread just like this, ripping it to part, or ripping it apart, not just from a standpoint of opinion, but proof, proof charts, data, I could, I, I could give you just as good of an argument as, and, and I'm not saying that I could give you a great argument why Bitcoin or gold or whatever won't become uh, money again or take over the, that's not what I'm saying. Not, not, don't confuse it here. What I'm saying is that the fundamentals, fundamental assumptions, assumptions made, not just by the Bitcoiners, by the gold bugs, by the Austrians, going all the way back to Murray Rothbard and Mises, those assumptions are flawed. Now, they may have been accurate back in the 1800s, but especially the way the system has worked since 1950, those assumptions are completely flawed. So what they're doing here, this group, is they're trying to solve a problem over here that they don't realize because their fundamental assumptions are incorrect that the problem is actually way over here, way over here in a, in a total blind spot, right? So again, the message and why I'm doing this to, to, to everyone in the community it, and, and I, something I constantly remind myself is that You've got to be able to argue the other side just as well, if not better, than you can argue your own side, number one. And then you could sit there and say, well, George, well, how do you know you're not wrong? And how do you know you're not the one at the blind spot? Because I'm not the one that is speaking in terms of solutions and certainties. 
I'm the one that is speaking in terms of trade-offs and probably even more importantly, probabilities. Probabilities. And if you ever find yourself, no matter how committed you are to an idea, to an asset, to a, a, a monetary system, you always have to check yourself, look yourself in the mirror, and say, am I, am I seeing this through the framework of probabilities and trade-offs, or am I seeing this through the framework of solutions and certainties? And this not only holds true with uh, your views on investing, the economy, uh, monetary system, et cetera, Definitely has to do has everything to do with your political views as well. Pretty much life, I would suggest that you should argue through that lens. Again, just to reiterate one more time, three things. Can I argue the other side just as well as I can argue my side? Am I looking, am I looking at this in terms of probabilities? Never, ever, ever certainties. And am I looking at this as though it's a solution or am I considering the fact that we only have trade-offs and therefore I've got to do a cost-benefit analysis? All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. See you in the next video.